This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My All Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyAllManSaid.com and your host. Joining me for something of a catch-up show, Mr. Chris Budd. Hello. Welcome. How are you? Not too bad. A bit of a bit of a cold. Uh, I think that's down to uh, the many hours of recording that Christmas special into the early hours of the night. It was, you know, a graft. Which uh, is coming to your ears soon, uh, dear listeners. It's what I've been, uh, well, will be doing over the next few days is editing uh, that all up, ready to uh, rock and roll, including a making of uh, episode for... Uh, That's a my, new one, isn't it, for a football podcast? Yeah, for My Old Man Said members. Might might even be a mockumentary. Ooh, I like a that. podcast documentary, because it was so freeform, but actually... <laughs> uh <laughs> There was 50 minutes of carnage before we even started, and that... uh, About 50 minutes of tech carnage before that. But luckily, we recorded it, so uh, members will get the the dubious pleasure of listening... (laughs) Of listening to that if they so choose to right because uh the season hasn't got going we we will not give you uh, a proper show at this point also uh the time we're recording this uh mr shaw is at work so uh we will just catch up on the villa real friendly and uh, any outstanding uh, aston villa news and then i'll get back to uh, the editing of uh the Christmas specials. Well, before we go on, just a quick announcement. If you, we, I think I mentioned it in the previous show. We uh, have agreed, accepted uh, Talk Sports uh, offer to join their podcast fan network. It's it's just had like a soft launch at the moment, but the proper launch will be after the World Cup, where we will be the Villa podcast of their ninety-two club one podcast for every club essentially an attempt of them uh, they call themselves powered by the fans but actually they don't really uh literally do much about that really do they so uh no the idea is to have a fan networks to justify them uh, saying that and from our point of view uh i mean i've had the reassurances and uh absolutely nothing changes I mean, I, you know, I voiced my concerns to them directly about uh, perceptions of TalkSport, but, you know, there's there's good and there's good and bad about TalkSport, and essentially it's the it's the world's biggest dedicated sports radio station, and 80% of that's about football, so if you're going to join a network, we do have other offers that 
I've kind of uh, ignored, really. Nothing changes at all, really. So uh, there's no compromises to be made. So in that case, it's uh, it's a no-brainer. So uh, for people with reservations about TalkSport uh, telling me anything I don't know, but also uh, I can assure you that it's not selling out, it's not doing anything, it's basically operating the same, and at the end of the day, hopefully reaching a, a bigger audience. And if it doesn't work out, then uh, there's nothing to lose, really. So that said, uh, let's uh, get on with the Villa News, shall we? Let's. Right, not much to report since uh, last we spoke, because obviously we're still in mid-season. There will be, uh, we've obviously just completed the game against Villarreal, who uh, did pretty well considering uh, I think they were a bit shell-shocked by the weather. About a 20 degree temperature difference. Yeah, a bit of a switcheroonie for them. But uh, there will be uh, a behind-closed-doors friendly played uh, before the Boxing Day clash. It's uh, from what we've heard, it's going to be, I mean, we we can't say who it is, but it, basically it's a Premier League team and we've, we've already played them this season. So that's the clue we will give you as you was, would have seen from the Villarreal uh, friendly, the uh, the three of the four Villa players that were out in Qatar for the World Cup, Cash, Bednarek and Dendonka are back. Uh, they started on the bench against Villarreal. The last man standing, uh, Emi Martinez, will have the honour of being the first active Villa player to uh, play in a World Cup final against France. Good luck to him. I, I'm still scarred by uh, 1986 and Argentina beating England and the way it happened there is that but I kind of Argentina's great I like the people I think the uh, I love the football culture the country's great the football culture's amazing I mean you just have to see the streets of uh, Buenos Aires I mean it's like the the team is determined to win this we we knew this before the tournament but as a nation they're uh, it's like manic yeah more so than the whole coming home nonsense that just seems a bit limp-wristed compared to uh, the kind of passion you see uh, in Argentina yeah so it's it's hard to compete against that uh, if the whole nation and the team is uh, I mean you saw, you heard what Martinez said before they went out against Croatia where he says they're going to have to kill me to uh, mm. if they want to get past me that's the kind of levels they're operating on and you see in the grounds you know they have they've been probably I'd say comfortably the best supported team out there I'd say Morocco above them. Yeah, local, but they've, they've come a long way, haven't they, the Argentinians? Because Morocco, I think they'd like, uh, if it was 68,000 capacity, uh, I mean, it, these capacities are all very dodgy. And But the Morocco game, but, you know, they're saying there was 60,000 Morocco supporters in there. Let's say there was a massive percentage uh, against France. Yeah. It's startling the, uh, the how they've really showed up in, in their numbers. France, they, they seem to be on cruise control. I think they'll they'll need to go up another level, but they can. This is what they're about: the World Cup and Euros. But the last time these two teams played in the World Cup was it the four three game, which went bonkers. I think it might be. If it serves up anything near the, the game in Russia in 2018, where France won four three, that'd be a great final. 
I mean, France went 1-0 up, Argentina went 2-1 up, and then France, within the space of 11 minutes, scored three goals. I think it was Mbappe scored two, and Legate was done and dusted, but then Aguero scored in injury time to make, uh, you know, just to give it a little bit of nerve, nervous energy at the end. Traditionally, Argentina can sometimes uh, get to a final and uh, make it a war of attrition. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think that 4-3 may be the DNA. What's going to happen? It de- depends, really, because the French sort of... You look at how they played against England, for example. They shut the game down and just took their chances. It could be one of those kind of games as well. I think the French are good enough to hold them at arm's length. I I thought the French defence looked a bit reckless against England. I'd agree with that, to be fair, yeah. Against Morocco, you could see they they could be got at. Mm -hmm. So, in that analysis, and you know, I said at the start of the tournament on this podcast that Argentina seemed to be the team that was pumped up and it seemed to be a perfect storm moment Mm -hmm. after the Copa America you know Messi's last stands they had a decent goalkeeper obviously which I think is always important something they've probably uh, let's say been inferior to Brazil in 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 modern day football I mean Brazil used to have shit keepers great outfield yeah 10 crap keeper but now they've sorted that out and Argentina uh, have got somebody they can rely on now I also think it would be quite a funny narrative just to see Messi win something that Ronaldo hasn't, purely for the Piers Morgan factor, because <laughs> I think that would yeah, be great although, fun to stick it up in. Although the fact that you have to mention that suggests that Piers Morgan's won. Already, already won that. that yeah, so. I, don't, I don't mind that, but it, it would be nice to see Messi probably bow out with the, with the biggest prize. I don't prize. care about Messi. Uh, maybe oh, I'm the only, the only person who doesn't. He's a little. He's, there's a shit house toad to him, isn't there? I love that. Man. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go with what I originally said uh, before the, the tournament start. I think it's a perfect storm. Argentina looked like uh, it's going their way, and I think France haven't really. I mean, you look at that England game. England could have won, should have won, maybe, but would have France gone up another level in the extra time, for example? Who there, knows? Possibly. But what possibly. I will say is if this goes to penalties, if Argentina Ooh. have managed to get a big chunk in the, of crowd into that stadium, you've got that and the Martinez factor. It will definitely be advantage Argentina. I would think so. Although Loris is uh, no slouch. But uh, we wish him well. I mean, the other thing that's niggling at me is if he wins, uh, Martinez wins a World Cup winner's medal, does that make him less likely to stay at the Villa? We'll see. You have to be naive to, uh, I mean, you see some, oh, he said in an interview that, you know, he owes Villa a lot. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Villa, he wouldn't be where he he is. Well, you could say that about Dwight York. If it wasn't for Villa finding him, doesn't mean he's going to stay with Villa for the rest of his life. Same with Grealish, my city, my club. Doesn't work like that. When you get to this level, this is an elite level of exposure that basically is a once in a lifetime chance to it gives you the key to do whatever you want so if you want to play for a Champions League team and want to play for a and Martinez is potentially a final piece in a jigsaw for any team that are in that wants to win trophies it, you see him in a team that's regularly challenging for trophies so this is the problem here but he's not going to go in January no so Villa essentially have an audition for the second half of the season to push on a bit now they have to because all we, all we do is we we occasionally we get a diamond player who let's say is top top level that's a game changer I'm, I'm thinking about Benteke but they normally come in the wrong time if Benteke came under Martin O'Neill years when we were crying out for a 20 that's your top four sorted isn't it 20 goal season that's the top four sorted if he turned up now the old Benteke of old oh, in this current imagine. Villa team we would be uh, top fouring it challenging at least he'd be sort of where Newcastle are I would say so to have Martinez now when we've been 
flaking around uh, mid table, lower mid table. It's it's almost a waste of his talent because he is that keeper. If you're in, you know, an FA Cup semi final, if you're in a European game and it goes to penalties, you know, he's your advantage. He's he's the guy. If you've sorted out, you're not making silly mistakes. He's the guy that pulls out that's you know the save that gets you the point or the three points. So it would be a squandering. So if we can uh, at least convince him that we're going in the right direction, because all we've all it is has been like we've got money, you know, it's ambition. all talk. It's just been talk. We've got ambition. We're you know we're building new stands, blah blah blah. But you know Newcastle turned it around within one season, over two half seasons, but you know across pretty much one season's worth of games. That if you're a Newcastle player now, or you're looking at Newcastle, you're now believing the the project. The, yeah. the word the word I hate but you don't believe the Villa project if you're an outsider now you don't believe this Villa project because it's been saying that and agents have been told yeah we're going for Europe last couple of seasons this is how they're selling the club but we haven't been backing it up and so we've got that half a season now to really back it up and you know if you read old articles this, there is there's meant to be you know obviously Martinez played under Emery and it, this is when Martinez was in the background and he wasn't getting starts and maybe there was a little resentment there I don't think it's a you know he was where he was in the pecking order at the time so I wouldn't read too much into that I've seen people rehashing you know Villa looking for new keeper after bad blood between Martinez and Emery no that's nonsense that's just nonsense that goes back to when he was uh, you know he's lower in the pecking order so it's easy to like formulate this kind of false narrative but we'll see, we'll see. but it's it's definitely half a season of audition for Villa for Martinez uh, because I don't believe in loyalty in football we've seen it so many times before and the fans that dig in and perhaps are a bit naive, they're the ones, you know, that get really bitter when the players leave in the end because, you know, it's 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 nice for them to back the players and say, you know, they're not going anywhere, you know, they'll be loyal. But we know money talks nowadays. And we, ha- we, ha- we haven't had a, a player do it on the, the world stage in a long time. From the heady heights of the World Cup to... Uh, the lowly depths of the Premier The Premier League Cup, which the under-21s are playing in. And they uh, recently got beat, uh, last week they got beat 4-1 by Peterborough. There's been a few games off because of the weather. Worth mentioning, Freddie Gilbert started. Uh, he's been playing with the under-21s. He played 70 minutes in this game. So if people are asking where he is, basically he's out in January. He's just got to find the club. So they're just keeping him fit. But he's playing in the under-21s, but he's, he's still getting beat by uh, a young Peterborough team. 4-1 so it's not as if he's a will beater meanwhile the Villa ladies got beat at Villa Park by Arsenal 4-1 uh, probably a predictable scoreline I think they took the league didn't they it is a really good goal actually yeah cracking goal but this air of inevitability uh, you always think the second half that's when the the elite three teams in, in, in the women's super league really uh, you can hold them off for 45 minutes but they'll kind of grind you and get get to you in the end Arsenal have only lost one. I mean, they've won eight of their nine games. So, uh, certain amount of inevitability. And uh, you look at the league table now, that's what, I, what I've been saying over the last few podcasts. It's like when Villa had that chance to play Everton and West Ham at home and lost both of those games, it's now uh, beginning to tell the significance of that because they are now seventh in the League of 12. And Everton and West Ham are the two teams above them. But they're on the level points with uh, Everton, three behind West Ham. So to be the best of the rest outside the top four is still, uh, I think, very much the challenge there. I think also to win more games than you lose is also the aim there, because outside the top four, that hasn't—that's not the situation, but for any team. 
the other eight teams. Only West Ham have won the equal amount, five, then they've lost five. Everybody else has lost more than they've won. I mean, I think that they've made a huge, a huge strides this year. They, 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 are, they are getting a lot better. They just want to maintain it now, I would imagine. A few injuries, though, cropping up. Yeah, I think, I'm sure I saw... Um, before that Arsenal game, the, the, the squad as a whole, they've had, I think, three ACL injuries, which are you know serious injuries, which is not yeah, good. Yeah, not very helpful at all. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, right, let's move on to uh, the Villarreal game. Uh, I, I didn't make it because of uh, catching a cold, which I would have caught if I'd gone. But obviously watched the game uh, with fellow match clubbers as well, my own man said members. Chris Budd, though, braved the conditions. Of just about thawed. Uh, there was about 13,000 there, was there not? There was, yeah, I think 13 and a half, which is pretty good. Uh, the game started off with a uh, minute's silence to uh, the four young boys who uh, died in uh, so- Solly Hall. Yeah, very sad. So it started off with an air, air of uh, tragedy. It's quite haunting from what, what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we've all been at games when you've had a minute's silence, but there's always like you know people filing into the ground or there's noise outside. But because it was such a small crowd and much quieter around just the area around the ground, it was so eerily quiet. It was, yeah, it's quite uh, quite moving. Emery went uh, as strong as he could, I would say. Uh, obviously, it was the same team that started against Chelsea, wasn't it? I think you've got the World Cup boys on the bench, which uh, is understandable to ease them in. Uh, Villarreal under strength, missing a, I think a handful of uh, of their big hitters. They, uh, I think people were expecting them just to kind of roll over and die because, uh, because of the temperature, <laughs> just the temperature change, really. But let's not forget the Villa boys had been in uh, Dubai for uh, best, you know, over a week, mm. only a few days ago. So it's a uh, similar, similar shock to the system, uh, I would say. So that was a bit of a leveler. And lest we forget that Villarreal have consistently for the last few years been playing at a much higher level than Villa in Europe. Yeah, and, and actually uh, dealing with English teams uh, yep. reasonably well as well. Yeah. So it's 
I mean, they're quite humble still. I mean, uh, they are very much I, so. I saw on their website it says prestigious win at Villa Park. It's, it's like, oh, cheers, guys. <laughs> I was expecting walking. Yeah, little, little routine do you know. win. <laughs> routine friendly win. But uh, first half, uh, I thought it was an entertaining very game. Very entertaining. Villa had a right good go, didn't they? And I thought yeah. actually Villarreal did when they had their moments. You sort of saw why they've been at the level they're at in Europe, where they'd soak up pressure. And then when they'd hit on the break, they were, they were pretty devastating at times, I thought. It was a good watch. End to end. And uh, it was way different to what I was expecting because you know I'm, I'm watching it just casually at first just thinking right this potentially is one, it's one of those things that's going to just roll off into the background and become wallpaper to whatever else you're doing because you know how these things are both teams don't really want to be there it's sub-zero temperatures but actually uh, it was worth a watch for, for, for 45 minutes it was yeah I thought Villa gave it good goes it Mings hit the post Jed Buendia hit the bar I think um, Watkins had a, had a goal disallowed they had a goal disallowed there was some there was some really sort of tidy football as well. If anything, I think we were probably a little bit guilty of keeping hold of the ball a bit too long and not releasing the final cross or having yeah. a shot. It was we were we were trying to really play through the eye of a needle, but it's very much you can see that, you know, from now on we are gonna be a play out from the back team, like it or not. I mean it's something that Smith and Gerard was exercising. So there's yeah. this kind of narrative that it suddenly came out of nowhere. Not really. But I think it's uh you've got somebody who uh knows how to do it properly and has practiced it over many seasons and it's part of more directly part of his culture yeah in terms of how he sets up so it's almost like uh this is a legitimate luxury brand of playing it out the back and it's not some kind of primark playing it out the back uh i'm trying to come up with an analogy here <laughs> we have to be um be a pound land passing um yeah. <laughs> it's um well, pound land possession probably because it doesn't last very long <laughs> yeah exactly it, I th- you saw that Villarreal were just better drilled at doing it. They, they play their way out of trouble very well, as good sides always do. Villa's a little bit more like they're just playing at the edge. You think it, this could come unstuck at any time, and obviously it did in the end for their goal. But Villa were persevering with it, and I thought there was some. they were really trying to play in their final third, which was nice to see. It suits the way someone like a Buendia plays. Sort of, I thought Louise and Kamara in the first half were probably the two standout players. I thought they were both really neat and tidy. Lacking a little bit of sort of neatness around the penalty area, some of the decision-making from sort of Watkins, Bay, Etc. wasn't wasn't quite there, but I thought there was there was plenty of positives to take from that. But then the second half, when it started to get even colder, yeah. I kind of just thought, oh come on, Villa! Like it, there was a lot of, I, I suppose, aimlessness would be the best way to describe the game. It all went a bit like it, it became a nil nil game, and really the only way anyone was going to score was by a fuck up, and obviously they they scored by a pretty horrendous bit of playing out from the back by Villa. And- well, the funny thing about that was online, Olsen was getting so much abuse for that. And it wasn't even him. <laughs> no, it was the young lad, wasn't it? <laughs> he wasn't even on the pitch. They were going, oh, Olsen, people were saying Olsen ball, blah, blah, blah. And I think I thought he did all right in the first half. I thought he was quite yeah, neat he and made, tidy. He made, made a couple of uh, decent saves, one in particular. Yeah. Which was uh, good. Going back to that first half, uh, one thing that seems to have come out of the autopsy of uh, this friendly is, uh, you see it across, I don't know if it's people parroting certain people, but this call for a striker... We need a striker. We need a striker. I think it's just Watkins just wasn't instinctively pulling the trigger, which has been a, a kind of a trait. He it seems to uh, go on a bit uh, too long at times. Yeah, you almost just want to get it out of your feet and strike it sometimes. Yeah. Which is kind of what Ings does. I mean, Ings had one chance. I mean, to be fair to him, Watkins had his, his big chance and put it away. It was just offside. Pro- admittedly, I'd say when he probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> But he took his goal well. Because he, he plays that kind of two strikers that become, well, if you're saying Bailey's one of the strikers, which uh, in possession, Bailey goes out wider, but it, out of possession, it's like a two-man press up the top, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it becomes it's like very this 4-4-2. 
Yeah. So it's not like a strict formation. It it, it you know it, it fluidly uh, adapts in and out of possession. So I'm int- I'm kind of intrigued by the whole Ings situation because Ing- Ings I think does put a shift in. It's not as he if does. he's just a finisher and that's it. He yep. he uh, he can play as that four four two. You know, as one as the two. And you give him service, you you think he'll score goals. It's, yeah, it's, so when it's people are saying striker, what do you you know? As in, is it a number you nine? Actually, you yeah, a you wide actually player? have one like in Ings. So what you know, you could play Ings up there instead. But also, uh, if you put Ings there instead of Bailey, then you're losing uh, that whole uh, the adaptation when you've got the ball, and, and you know, obviously Bailey can go out wider in the, as part of that three behind the, the lone striker when you're actually uh, mm-hmm. when you're in possession. So it is a conundrum. You need a certain type of player that can play out wide, but also has that number nine presence. Yes. And can finish. He's a bit more instinctive. And at the level you're going to want to go and buy someone at in the January window, A, are they out there? B, do they want to come to Villa? Can you get more out of what out of uh, Watkins and Ings? I would suggest yes. Well, yeah, I think you can get a, more out of uh, a whole host of those players. I mean, yep. there's a, there's more to come from Wendia, Wendia for sure, I think. Mara's really starting to grow into his role. I was really impressed with him for sort of an hour or so. He's like th- the steady Eddie, steady head to... Uh, when he he's very good at recycling as well. Yeah, keeps it simple. He can carry the ball well. He he's kind of actually my my prediction for next year. I think he will be the big player for us the second half of the season. When you see him grow into his role, you'll be like, oh wow, this is what we were missing in that position. And you'll see Louise probably bloom because of it. Yeah, no, he he's key to uh, the overall evolution. I think. Yeah, of Villa going up to uh, like a top eight team. Yeah. And I think that's where they see themselves finishing this season. That's the aim, at least. And they're within uh, they're within touching distance of it, which is saying something after how how bad we've been for the most part since August. No, those two wins um, just before the break have, have proven to be very, very important. Yeah, I, I get the feeling where it doesn't matter where we finish this season, we're going to be disappointed because I think if we finish eight and we're like a you know four or so points off Europe... We'll be like, we should have done this. We're or we should- go, oh, if we only we'd stop pissing around at the start of the season, we, we would have finished Leeds and Forest, and we'd have finished fifth or fourth, or you know, yeah. So there might be a little bit of that come the end of the season, but I think uh, we'd take that if we. I think we have to be top eight, and that would be a good season. I think top ten has to be the minimum. Yeah, no, me. I think that's that is the the aim here. So against Villarreal, you, I think Villarreal, you, you're playing like the ghost of Emery anyway, aren't you? Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one to announce the friendly, but I don't know whose deal that was, whether it was part of the severance or what it was. I don't know. But Well, it's about building relationships. Building relationships and doing business with them, going, yeah, we'll have him and him, and you can have him and him. Well, that's the funny thing. Uh, I mean, people are, you know, it, it's a typical English thing. You think you're the centre of the universe where you're going, oh, well, you know, we'll be coming out, they'll be coming over here, we'll see what players dress rehearsal, what players we're going to buy off them. But it was the Spanish commentary on, on the stream. And weirdly, they you were watching it, and they kept talking about marvelous Nakamba, and you know they would go on and on and on, and 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 the commentary, by the way, even though you know my Spanish is uh, not my greatest language, uh, you could tell it was better than Jack Woodward straight away or Villa TV. <laughs> Seemed a lot more inform, you know, informative, and uh, but they, they they were mentioning marvelous Nakamba in the first half, and you're going, oh, oh. And, and and you had to take a double take just to make sure he wasn't playing. And then uh, in the second half, they start talking about marvelous Nakamba again, and you go, oh, he must have come on as a sub. Nowhere he got to be five minutes, didn't he? In the end, nowhere to be seen. <laughs> and then you're thinking, well, I hope he gets on there because these guys, these commentators, seem to love him. They've been waiting to see him for like eighty-five minutes. So then you're thinking, oh, I, but I have Villarreal come to uh, Villa Park to go right? Let's here's a mid-table. Uh, Premier League team, maybe we can pick off some of their players and uh, give them Champions League football. We've heard a bit about this marvellous Nakamba. 
<laughs> so maybe they were scouting <laughs> for for fresh blood from us. Could be a two way street. We could do some swapses. Maybe. Maybe Sanson was on the on the coach back with them. <laughs> He's gone very quiet recently. You do wonder if that if if there's a maybe even a deal that's been already done for January. Yeah, because you'd have thought these kind of games would have been perfect to have a look. If you're trying yeah. to get him, up, if you're getting him up to speed, you haven't got him up to speed, which means he's surely out the door in January. Oh yeah, there's no way he's coming back. This was his time uh, because Emery did say publicly, you know, I know him from Marseille, you know, in the Champions League, and you know, it's a fresh slate, blah blah, you know, the usual. Uh, Just because he said he knew him didn't mean doesn't mean he said he rated him though. <laughs> yeah, no, fair point. So the fact, I mean, even if he's injured, it's it's like, well, unlucky son. This was your actual this was your actual time to make an impression because you'd expect this window you'll see a little bit of movement the next window that's when you're going to be seeing you know levelling up if we want to use that phrase upgrades yeah so uh, after the uh, the behind closed doors friendly it'll be uh, all steam ahead for the uh, Liverpool game now I can't remember if we we mentioned this but I hope Martinez uh, plays in that game Mm, I hope so because I I hope so I don't know if they know whether it's how you feel after the World Cup final but you'd think if you were Martinez, you'd be trying to get a little trip back to uh, Buenos Aires in, wouldn't you? You'd be thinking that team will, if they play on the Sunday night and win, even with the time difference, straight on the plane back, Yeah, open top bus the next day, yeah. you might be able to stay. You mean, you might be able to do all that stuff and still get back in time for Liverpool, but you want to know he's in the, you know, in the mindset. Luckily, yeah. to be fair, it's not like he's a, a box-to-box midfielder who'll have done a lot of road miles during the tournament. As a goalkeeper, it's a different um, fatigue. It's more the mental thing. Yeah, he hasn't... I mean, to be honest, he hasn't had that much to do, has he? Not really. In the last couple of games, to be fair to me, he's probably going to need a little bit of time to sort his Barney out as well. <laughs> and get a, and get a nice villa mural put on the side of his yeah, quick fade. Quick Clar- and blue uh, rinse. Yeah. <laughs> right, sir. Uh... Thank you for uh, listening and uh, putting up with our wintry tones. <laughs> our wintry cold tones. teeth. Luckily, uh, we managed to do the, uh, I think it's four hours of recording for the uh, Christmas special before uh, the winter got us. So uh, at least that's in the bank. But uh, please do follow the uh, podcast on Apple if you are listening there. So uh, you'll get notifications of when the Christmas shows pop out because I can't, can't promise you uh, set days. And we will be taking uh, a little Christmas break, but basically the Christmas period to be coming back in the new year. But you'll have Christmas shows uh, popping up, so you won't notice uh, any any real difference. Come January, the games come thick and fast, don't they? Yeah. Was it Tot- Tottenham, Wolves, Stevenage, Leeds? It's about three home games in about is it 10 days or a little bit more, a couple of weeks. Yeah, so it's, it's going to come fast and furious. So uh, please do listen to the uh, Christmas specials to give yourself a nice deep cleanse from 2022 and get ready for uh, what should hopefully be a huge year. I, I mean, I, so. I, I I bought a huge diary. Normally, I get I buy a diary every year just to you know to have on my desk to uh, jot things down. Blah blah blah. This year, I bought the for the next year, I bought the biggest diary I've ever bought. So uh, it's going to be a big year. You heard it here first. Big, I tell you, big. You heard it here first. Right, please do, as I said, follow on Spotify or Apple, whatever you listen to. Follow on social media. Join the Mad Few group if you are a regular listener and uh, use Facebook. That's our dedicated Facebook group for the show, the Mad Few. The link will be in the show notes. And all that is left for me to say is have a smashing Christmas period. And uh, we look forward to entertaining you in the unapologetic and dysfunctional Christmas My Old Man Said special. 
So until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye and a very Merry Christmas. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.